now's the time where we have to ask which one of us is doing the intro. <laughs> why don't why don't we just not do one this time? Or we do it at the same time. Oh my god, like double clothesline. <laughs> Except Ready? horrifically mistimed. Well, okay. and the fact okay, are, are we doing it? What are we doing? Sure. Three, okay. two, one. Hello, everybody. (laughs) You see, that's what I was. That's what I was afraid of. We would we would start at different points. You go ahead. I'm disappointed now. This is another edition of the second turnbuckle podcast, everybody. Welcome in to our most spur of the moment edition of this podcast. We weren't sure if we were going to have time, but we said, hey, you know, let's just go for it. See what happens. See what conversations pop up and well now here we are still not quite knowing what we're going to talk about but hey it'll be one of three things like it typically is i i don't know if it's the most spur of the moment because brawl out we kind of jumped on right Mm. away fair yeah a way to just undermine my statement so what i'm here for it's what i'm here for keep you in line Mm. somebody has to I'm like the right to censor of the group. <laughs> of all the things to reference. <laughs> you know, since since you referenced it, though, have you seen... I'll just start I think I know off. where you're going. I think I know where you're going. Where do you think I'm going? Stevie Richards breaking down the return yes! of Nia Jax. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that particular video that I know has done really, really well, but... Man, shout out to fucking Stevie Richards. Like, he was on YouTube for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to have like a tech review channel. And then just randomly over the past couple months, starting up the whole wrestling analysis deal, which um, was kind of in the aftermath of him having a health event, too. Like, he was in, he was in poor health last year, or earlier on this year, some kind of timeline like that and out of nowhere he just starts this kind of review channel where it's like oh yeah no one's really done that yet right for wrestling like the x's and o's of wrestling and he's done really really well for himself so i give him a lot of credit i've really i've really enjoyed what he's done with that channel as of late um and even someone like maven too has has really taken off on the youtube side things i haven't watched as much of what he's put out there, but both of them are, I mean, Maven's at almost a hundred thousand subs on the YouTube side of things now. And again, a very short amount of time. I think, I think we're at a point in time in wrestling viewership and where technology has taken us. Like we always reference the dirt sheets, you know, the going from print to online to like um, Meltzer and, and the other guy, I can't remember the other guy's name. Off Brian the top of my head. Yeah, was it Alvarez? Is that Alvarez? What do you mean? Like they'd always, they'd always, well, no, uh, they have like a podcast together, and they'd always cross my for you page on. Yeah, that's right, Alvarez. Um, I think we're at a point where that is almost necessary. Like, uh, it was pretty much late '90s where kayfabe just kind of got thrown out the window for the most part. Mm. And, you know, the mainstream idea of wrestling is scripted. 
became norm and like this is just the now the the new evolution of it where the concept of having a wrestler dissect and like don't get me wrong stevie richards is not a Shawn michaels he is not a stone cold steve austin he is not a rock he's not a rick flair but the guy had a career and right. spanned over different companies where if he says something is shite, then it's shite. Like it's, he's it's good, it's good the, content as far as I'm concerned. He's at that perfect level where it's like, you know, like, okay, he had that, like you said, a really, really solid career where his opinions, his views and like where he was isn't going to be clouded. You know, if somebody like, you know, granted, like someone like Stone Cold or Bret Hart, like, yeah, their insight's still very, very valuable. But at the same time, when you're at the top of the card, that is going to skew your opinions in certain ways. Steven Richards being a mid card or to lower mid card kind of act, I think, gives that different perspective to his opinions that makes that channel that much more interesting. Well, yeah, and we're not going to get the Stone Cold uh, podcast the the broken skull sessions anywhere else but wwe it's not like he's going to jump up on youtube and give his opinion mm. he's going to use the platform of wwe to further uh his podcast uh and get more viewership and get more sponsorship and everything like that as well so it's not like it's not like those big guys i mean flair kind of has a podcast or did but he relied on somebody else to kind of carry him and ask him questions and stuff. Right. So, yeah, I um, no, but uh, I mean, the big news, at least that I saw that uh, Stevie Richards jumped on was the return of Nia Jax, which we joked that it's a good thing. <laughs> Vince got one more shot in before <laughs> becomes Endeavor or K- TKO. Right. Um, which officially uh, happened at the uh, well on Tuesday. Of this week, that was official that uh, Endeavor now owns, or at least there's the the Endeavor TKO group and the UFC and WWE being under the same umbrella um, for the first time in either of our lifetimes and pretty much the vast majority of people that have listened to this. uh, The majority control of the WWE is not under Vince McMahon Jr. And it's the first time ever that the WWE, WWF, WWWF, uh, has not been under the majority of control of someone in the McMahon family. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, yep. And here's Vince, who made like $100 million. And don't worry, a bunch of people are about to get fired as well. <laughs> right. So it's oh, like, man, ah, the, yes. The cutbacks How are historic. Coming. The cutbacks are coming. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. But, but typically, like, this would be the, the window where we would see those anyways like pre pre fall and then like post WrestleMania seem to be like the two major times where we'd see those kind of cutbacks, whether it's office or whether it's talent, it's, it's actually kind of surprising that we really haven't seen a lot of those mass talent cuts so far this this year. This is why like they were waiting for this point in time where, yeah, it's the ideas you are going to have a lot of people, on the front office side of things for both the UFC and WWE, where it's like, all right, we're going to be cutting jobs and consolidating roles. And yeah, there's yeah, some, uh, so yeah, as historic as it's being framed at the same time. Yeah. It's uh, 
not a great thing for a lot of people, unfortunately. Um, and nor is Nia Jax returning to the company <laughs> based on so, their track record of injuring people. Right. So to go back, and this is going to be a little spoiler, but uh, and I didn't watch a lot of it, but the concept that Stevie Richards, at least that I saw, was uh, Nia Jax returned uh, by hitting a uh, Samoan drop on the outside to uh, Raquel Rodriguez mm. in a match against Rhea Ripley. And like he just goes in, and I love this, and, uh, you know, allow me to divulge a little bit, you know, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with the guys from Dungeon Wrestling behind the scenes and to hear just, like, the why. Like, why are we doing this? Why does why do we have to hit this early in the match so that later on in the match it's effect more effective? Like they don't just jump in the ring and, and hit their moves and punch each other and, and hope for the best. Like there's a lot of planning behind the scenes. And to hear Stevie Richards talk about why are you doing a Samoan drop on an inch worth of foam <laughs> onto cement? Like already, that's one of the dumbest moves you could, you know, go for outside of the ring. Uh, and then he's like, oh, it makes sense. It's for a count out. Like then uh, Rodriguez, you know, keeps her heat, keeps or not her heat, but keeps the momentum and can say she got interfered, get another match against Rhea Ripley. She gets back into the ring, gets a kick and, and loses cleanly in the center. Of the, like there is no we always talk about the logic, right? And they're mm-hmm. really and to hear somebody like Stephen Richards sitting right there, Stevie Richards say, this made no sense. It could have made sense, but it just didn't get there. Was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think it's a, a an amazing, amazing concept. For me right now, there's now two directions this podcast can go. Okay. There is the other talent... That's moving around because I don't have much to add about Nia Jax. Good for her holding down a job. Well, we could talk about in there for one day. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about the other two big names that are circulating about changing promotions or out of pure intrigue. I looked up on cage match. What Nia Jax's rating is as a wrestler. I. Okay. So, so this led me to wanting to look at the 100 wrestlers who have the lowest ratings <laughs> on Cage Match. Okay, hold on. I I want to talk the other one, but there's really nothing to talk about. It's all rumor. It's all, you know, hearsay. But there's a lot of smoke to both fires if it's who I think. And basically, it's going to be a trade and it's going to be a guy for a girl. Right, edge for Nia Jax, or edge for Jade Cargill. Right, I, I think we leave that one because it is all hearsay at this point. Mm. It sounds like uh, Jade Cargill is going to go to NXT, and Edge could debut at Grand Slam. God, that'd be great! <laughs> oh my God, and uh, I hope Christian asks asks him how his dad is. <laughs> How's everybody's fathers? One of the greatest <laughs> lines uttered in oh, wrestling uh, recently. Uh, I mean, it's rumors. It's hearsay. I would rather go through and try and uh, try and guess, but mm-hmm. go through the top hundred most terrible right. wrestlers at this point. 
So, like, I'm, I'm excited for I'm excited for whatever Edge is going to do. He's got an offer from WWE. I don't really care mm-hmm. about Jade Cargill at this point. So, but I think if we get too excited now, and either that happens or it doesn't happen, it's going to ruin what's coming down the line. Right. So Nia Jax on cage match is rocking a 2.64 out of 10 as voted on by the uh, lovely participants on, on cage match mm-hmm. uh, that puts her at 159. Ooh. So there are, um, by the way, she is a 0.01 uh, worse in terms of her rating than David Otunga. <laughs> <laughs> But she is technically better than Nathan Jones, according to the people on Cage Match, um, than Snitsky. Snitsky. It's not my fault. Oksana. I thought Uh, she was decent. I will go on record as saying I thought, I mean, she had a lot of assets to work with, but she sure did. (laughs) Um, You also, outside the top 100, have the likes of Mojo Raleigh. Kurgan, <laughs> Bastion Booger, yes, um, Booger. <laughs> Garrett Bischoff, <laughs> New Jack, wow, Sermo. Okay, of I don't Men know. On a mission. Oh, Sermo. I thought you yeah. meant that was like one name together. Oh, Sermo. Yeah, I don't know who Sermo is. Yeah, um, and just missing out on the top one hundred. The Great Kali at 110. Yep. Pete Gass of the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> I knew I'd love this. 106 is Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> wow. That's okay. disrespectful. He was not that he and he's tied with Rob Terry of Impact Wrestling Fame. And it's like, come on, he was better than that. Um but getting to the to the 100 worst, I'm here for it. Um, if you haven't heard of the, any of these people, that's fine. And if you have something to add, go ahead. Okay. Um, number 100 with a 217 rating is somebody named Donnie B. And I have no idea who the fuck that is. No, I don't got it. Number 99, Johnny Fairplay. Wow. Of Survivor fame. Manager and impacts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw him wrestle. I saw him be like the mouthpiece and everything. He, he seemed to be, he seemed (laughs) to think he was uh, Bobby, the brain Heenan light. He has four career matches. His first ever match. What's one-on-one in Kokomo, Indiana. Against Molly Holly. <laughs> and I need to see this match. <laughs> oh, God. Beautiful. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm thinking Harvey. What was his name? Harvey Whippleman is going to show up on this list sooner or later. He might. Number 98, Tank Abbott. <laughs> I think the former UFC fighter. Yeah, so in in 2000, after the pay-per-view in Vancouver, which I believe was a Mayhem, WCW Mayhem 2000? Um, Or was that the one that was in Toronto? Uh, New Blood Rising. Oh, New Blood Rising, right. 
uh, my buddies and I, we actually road tripped to Kelowna, which is still about like a five hour drive outside of Vancouver, if not a little bit more. Um, mm. I'm pretty sure I saw Tank Abbott in person. I can't remember who was on the card in, in Kelowna. I know the demon was demon versus Vampiro. It was actually kind of cool to see Vampiro live. Just saying. <sighs> Tank Abbott, though, I mean, MMA fighter. Oh. Um, they tried to build him up as a, a solid opponent for Bill Goldberg, which did not work. No. Um, well, Goldberg always needed somebody to carry him. He was not the guy to carry somebody. Yeah, I would I'd say that's true. And, uh, of course, Tank Abbott in wrestling, perhaps most famous as the the <laughs> the number one fan of three count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, for those who hadn't seen Tank Abbott, he was bald. He was not as in shape as a Stone Cold Steve Austin or a Bill Goldberg. Mm. And he had a goatee that would go uh, pretty darn close as down far as his nipples. Yes. Goatee, not beard, but goatee. Three count. Yes. <laughs> the, the WCW's uh, answer to NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Number 97. G.I. Ho. Who competed in women's extreme wrestling. Um, shout out to wrestling with regret, Brian Zane. He has tremendous videos covering that horrible, horrible promotion. Number 96, and we'll move through some of these kind of quickly. Yeah. Jackson Andrews. No who was notable for being seven foot tall or close to it, and was on TV for like two weeks as uh Tyson's kid Tyson kids like heavy. It didn't last long at all, but uh, yeah, Florida Championship Wrestling legend, Jackson Andrews. No relation at all. (laughs) 95, someone named Tim Weisbach. 94, T. Quilla. 93, Bruno Sassi, um, who was in Impact Wrestling as uh, someone named Sally Boy. All you have to... yeah, no, he didn't. Um, he didn't do much. He was a uh, main event mafia security. Like it just there wasn't much there. Uh, Ninety two. Someone named Rima Faki. F I K I H. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Number ninety one. Also of Impact Wrestling fame. Uh, Shira, aka Mahabali Shira. Uh, yeah, but then number ninety, we get to a big one. David Flair. Wow. David Flair. Um, he, showed, he showed promise, but yeah, obviously all the genetics went to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy tried, man. But the well, most interesting thing that he ever did in wrestling was getting his ass kicked by The Undertaker in the lead up to Taker's match with Rick at WrestleMania 18. I don't I don't remember that. Yeah, that it was a segment WCW. where Yeah, it was or a segment where Taker went to I don't know if it was supposed to be OVW or whatever, but he went to a, a training center and beat the shit out of David Flair. But is this was this after his run in WCW? Yeah, this was 2002. 
Holy crap. I didn't know that he was on, like, I think I had seen, like, at Hall of Fame or, you know, Ric Flair. I I didn't actually, I don't remember the fact that they actually used him in a wrestling capacity, whether it's, like, an absolute squash or not, but on, on WWE programming. That's interesting. Yeah, I think in terms of, like, matches on WWE programming, it was mostly dark matches on heat, velocity, stuff like that. Uh, but he was in OVW. Um, for a good amount of time there, post WCW. Uh, 89, someone named Thomas Blade. 88, Brooke Hogan. (laughs) Speaking of somebody else who just didn't have it. She she made a career, just like David Flair, of being somebody's child. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the Randy Orton love affair thing, and then uh, Hogan getting RKO'd on the hood of a on car. The car. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who took the most impact in that whole thing was Randy Orton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and then of course Brooke uh, involved in the Aces and Eights storyline yep. and a yep. a marriage with Bully Ray on Impact and ah oh, bless her. It'd be interesting to see if like there was any storyline of paperwork being submitted for the divorce or if bully ray is still married to her mm. yeah and the <laughs> turns, annulment. Out, turns out the wedding is it was never annulled yeah <laughs> <laughs> number 87 wcw uh, legend al green aka the dog um who fun fact hank abbott once uh, threatened to murder on an episode of nitro fun fact murder <laughs> Um, not too many interesting names, uh, 81, um, oh, well, no, you know, I, I want to, I want you to be able to judge these names. 86, Big Hale. I don't know who that is. No. 85, Leo McTwist. <laughs> 84, Fabian Stein. When we, when we go back and play Eshel for NHL 24, <laughs> <laughs> can you, can you reference this list? Yeah. Number 83, Dr. Gangrene. We're only at 83. I know. I, I was looking forward to this until it happened. I know. 82 <laughs> is Brad Anderson. This is the entire podcast, by the way, now. Yeah. Um, 81, uh, Hannibal, a.k.a. Devin Nicholson, who's a giant piece of shit. Um, just, feel free uh, to watch the uh, the dark side of the ring on Abdul the Butcher. That was a part of season four. For more on Devin Nicholson, I just um, have in my head like you read it, saying a number and then Armbar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping there's somebody named Armbar. Uh, Eighty Holger Boschen, some German dude. Gunther Wagner, another German dude. Seventy-eight Jacob Novak, who um, people might remember as a part of NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, he was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's on. You don't need to like reiterate how bad he is if he's you on do. the list. <laughs> That's true, but yeah, he uh, he was a part of one of the later seasons of NXT in like 2011, and uh, oof, his last. Like, in fairness, his last ever match was against William Regal in 2011, and he got cut from the promotion and never wrestled again. So, so was this was this. Pardon my dog in the background. Is this the, the um, when it game was like show. the 
NXT. The Elimination Game Show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number 77. Um, I, I don't even want to say the guy's name because the guy's in prison for rightful causes. Um, number 76, uh, formerly of AEW. I'm making a Big face right now. I have no idea who it is. You don't need to say it, but I have no idea. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it, it's, it was a jobber in the 80s and 90s who went on to be in prison. Um, oh, no. You know, I thought it, it's it's not Big Swole. It's just somebody named Swole <laughs> who wrestled <laughs> in the 90s. Okay. Somebody was ahead of their time with the term swole? Yeah. 6'4", hey. 250, former football player, swole, Randy Thornton. Good for him. <laughs> Why did um, you say his name? Because swole <laughs> is such a cool name. And then he just, Randy he Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> um, number 75, the dirt bike kid um, who had two career matches and was known like he had a terrible showing in Japan. Uh, infamous wrestler from the indie standpoint. Um, number 74, Mike Levy, who uh, I think was a deathmatch wrestler. Mm. I don't know. Um, 73, Baroness Simone. No. Quincy Elliott. No. Uh, Bruiser Mastino, who I think is also in prison. Um, I think. <laughs> uh, number 70, someone who definitely went to prison. <laughs> One of the founders of Ring of Honor, Rob Feinstein. It's probably um, fair to think that like at least 50% of these guys <laughs> served. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack Ferrigno. It must have had a Lou Ferrigno gimmick. Right. Um, someone named Tyrant. <laughs> Definitely went to prison with a name like Tyrant. <laughs> Tyrant is such a good wrestling name. Oh my god. Um, sixty-seven Vito Toscani. I don't know who the fuck that is either. It's not big Vito. Um, sixty-six Cameron Lynn. Uh, okay. Was a, okay. Oh, Just, oh, uh, WWE okay. Cameron, one of the uh, one of the the Funkadactyls. Funkadactyls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Favorite match, uh, Trish Stratus and whatever the fuck from uh, Tough Enough, Alicia oh, yeah. Fox and somebody. No, no, no! <laughs> don't say, fuck. don't say it that way. Say it the right way. Alicia Fox and somebody <laughs> else. Um, yeah. Congrats to one of the fun. <laughs> Let's be honest. If a Funkadactyl was gonna make the bottom one hundred, it was gonna be her. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't gonna be <laughs> it Trinity. Wasn't, wasn't gonna be Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, number 65, someone named Faith, um, 64, uh, the cat of WWF no. fame. Yeah. No. Ernest. Stacy Carter, Miss Kitty. Oh, oh, I thought, oh man, I was so disappointed that Ernest the Cad Miller was on this list. <laughs> how can, cat. how can, uh, the first two. Um, unintentionally, as he uses quotation fingers, uh, bear their uh ass their front assets on a pay per view. Be on this list. Let's be honest. Yeah, bless her. Uh, former <laughs> wife of Jerry the King Lawler. Bless her for that as well. Again, though, well, bless her though, because again, she got fired, and Jerry Lawler, who was married to her at the time, said, "I'm out of here too," and that's what got us Paul Heyman on commentary 
um, through the invasion era right. of right. WWF, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> like Jerry the King Lawler and his prime was was fun. But man, JR and Paul Hammond on commentary through the invasion raised oh, the-, the stock of that angle, even though they fucking blew it. The commentary was top notch. They they borderline like I've seen where Paul Heyman has said, you know, he actually tried to get under JR's skin like that was his mm. that was his legit plan. That was not scripted. That was not he wanted to piss JR off because JR was the standard and everything that ECW wasn't was WWE and JR was WWE. It was uh, I've seen a few clips of that, and it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, shout out, by the way, to uh, the cat that we're talking about in mini China for a while. That was mm-hmm. a good angle. That was fun. It's like, what can we do? Uh, dress up like China. <laughs> how many? Because- but how many like of that era? How many WWE divas? Because they were divas at that yeah. time. Um. How many of them started as a form of, like I'm thinking Mickey James started mm. to dress like Trish Stratus, um, mm. even like Victoria or Tori, like they were all like Uber fans or stalkers of whoever the hot new thing was. And that's how they got introduced. So for the cat to be um, mini China was uh, mm. kind of in that that vein, I guess. Number 63, The Renegade. Oh, man. WCW's ripoff of The Ultimate Warrior. Didn't Hogan introduce him, too? I don't remember the exact introduction, but I yeah, he, like he a... was paired with Jimmy Hart at one point. Right. Um, yeah, honestly, poor fucking guy. Um, like, he was he wasn't great in ring. But from all accounts, a nice guy that got thrown out there with this impossible fucking gimmick to make work. Um, and I, I, was, hate to, I hate to be a bummer about it, but it's like, like is he lost his job at WCW? I think he had some personal issues and ended up committing suicide in, in 1999. Like it's right. a really tragic story where it's like, yeah, as a performer, not great, but it's like, man, like he didn't fucking deserve to get shit on as much as he did. It's amazing how his name doesn't come up as much when you talk about fake diesel and fake razor. Mm. Like that to me was trying to catch. It's almost like what they did with Goldberg, but Goldberg hit, you know, the, the bald black trunks, goatee stone right. cold knockoff. But the difference was stone cold or uh, bill Goldberg didn't come out and, Give me a hell yeah, or any of that <laughs> stuff. He he didn't even say anything for the first couple months, right? Uh, like who's next wasn't his catchphrase until he hit like twenty wins or whatever. Number sixty-two, jugulator. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck this is. It's I'm not even the jugulator. It's just jugulator. <laughs> tell me, tell me, this guy's a part of the insane clown posse's wrestling. <laughs> the jugulator. Oh uh, God, I don't even know if he was that high profile. He wrestled primarily for a company called RCW that I have never heard of in my life. Because it was ICW, wasn't it? Insane Clown Posse's wrestling. Yes. And then JCW, or no JCW. Oh, Juggalo no. Championship yeah. Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. This was a number. <laughs> 
Number 61, Luigi Primo. Um, no. Is this the pizza guy? It's the pizza guy. No, this guy. No, no. Unfair. Absolutely unfair. People don't let the, the comments are just the biggest Jim Cornette fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> Next, you're so. going to tell me the guy who wrestles as Michael Jackson is going to be on this list. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, number 60, Outback Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, him. Yeah, from from WWF, he was superstars. Uh, yeah, superstar legend. Yeah, <laughs> house show legend. Right? Squash <laughs> match, superstars. Set. Oh man, it's every Saturday you got WWE superstars or WWF <laughs> superstars, and there's Outback Jack. I'm scrolling through his fucking match listing, and it's just five house shows in a row of him losing to Outlaw Ron Bass. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much of a jobber you are if you're jobbing oh. to Ron fucking Bass every night. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Outback Jack. Wasn't he the guy who ran um, Florida Championship Wrestling or whatever it was before that? Different guy. Different Different guy? guy. Okay. Oh, that was the Skinner. Yeah, you were thinking of Skinner. (laughs) Steve Kern. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Still this guy. (laughs) Number 59. Daniel Pewter. Okay. Um... Here's here's the the controversial hot take on this one. Daniel Pewter does not even belong on this list because his career was over before it started. He had matches. He was in the Royal Rumble. How many how many matches does it have listed? Uh, for him? He technically has thirty four career matches because he did wrestle in New Japan, Ring of Honor, okay. um, but on on WWE television, yeah, five matches, yeah. Like so, he wins tough enough over the Miz, no less. Uh, yeah. Famously, during the course of that uh, on SmackDown season, was involved in the uh, wrestling challenge with Kurt Angle, where uh, either he went into business for himself or or something, yeah. or Kurt wasn't warned. Oh shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, but Daniel Pewter legitimately got him in a Kimura that could have broken Kurt's fucking arm. Uh, And the referee acted fast and counted Pewter's shoulders to the mat just to end it. But yeah, uh, after that, shockingly, he still won uh, the season, had two matches with Hardcore Holly on house shows, (laughs) and then the 2005 Royal Rumble where Benoit, I mean, excuse me, he who shall not be named number one, um, Eddie Guerrero and Hardcore Holly beat the piss out of him, and he was never seen on WWE TV again. That is that is required watching that Royal Rumble, by the way, you want to take business into your own hands. Like, I'm not a fan of the guy. I'm not trying to say he deserved to be higher. I just don't think he deserves to be on this list at all. Now, I get, you know, the New Japan, the the Ring of Honor stuff. Sure. But based on his tenure in WWE, I'd scrub him. I'd scrub him from the the history books. It just it's the short career of Daniel Pewter should be required watching for anybody who gets into wrestling because i mean just on a tangent the open challenge for kurt angle was to make kurt angle look good Mm -hmm. so if you go out there and try and break his arm you're going against the company and going against the the uh spirit and whatever like even william regal laid down for goldberg Mm. in embarrassing goldberg so 
you don't go out there and, and try and break the the company's uh, golden child at the time. You don't go out and break his arm. Like the guy doesn't deserve to be on this list at all. The, the number guy fifty-eight. Who, the guy who shall not be named number one deserves to be <laughs> high, high up on this list, but still deserves to be on this list. I don't think Daniel Pewter does. Number fifty-eight, WCW commentator Mark Madden. No. Um, oh. Who was objectively shit at his job and technically had two career matches uh, in the year 2000 because, of course, both of them on uh, Thunders. He teamed with Canyon and lost to Buff, Back- Buff Bagwell and Gene Okerlund and then oh. had a street fight that he lost to Gene Okerlund. Oh. If I could go back in time and change one thing about wrestling history, and there's a few, don't get me wrong, there's the obvious one of uh, uh, somebody that you and I are both very, very fond of, who's no longer with us. Um, Owen Hart, for anybody. But, you know, like, on that list is making Thunder relevant and not the way that WCW tried. Mm. Like, it's it's actually like a... I think Thunder had all the potential and, and just was just mismanaged. Number... 57 nails with I, a Z when you said that the bottom hundred nails popped into my head like <laughs> if we were going to sporacle this I nails would have been one of the first like two or three names I would have said man who choked Vince McMahon God bless him he's spitting every promo against the Undertaker and Big Boss Man <laughs> he, he legitimately like goobered out his mouth it was amazing Oh, I love when he so again his gimmick was like he was in the prison that the big boss man uh, used to be a corrections officer at. Uh, and then when he went to WCW, they just named him Convict. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Number 56, Major Guns, aka okay. Tylene Buck of the Misfits in Action in WCW. Yep. yep. God. They were at uh, they were at the Nitro, the only Nitro I was able to attend. So fun fact, Cratch Andrews, you mentioned attending WCW New Blood Rising in Vancouver. Well, no, the, the <laughs> Nitro afterwards, but keep going. Oh, at at that show, she had a match against Miss Hancock, a.k.a. Stacy Keebler. <laughs> just under seven minutes. Oh, my God. Rip off the camouflage mud match. <laughs> I can't wait to see that match type main event of Mania. Yep. Yep. Fucking hell. Oh my god. Um, we got a couple here. Uh, 55, Dusty Wolf. I, I don't know who that is. I guess it was someone that did play Doink the Clown. Interesting. Okay. Um, another German, Marius Deville. I don't know who that is. Uh, 53, Steve Gator Wolf. I also don't know who the fuck that was. Great name. I want I want a very menacing name. Gator, kind of like a gator, but like a wolf. Yeah, Steve Gator Wolf. Gator Wolf. <laughs> Number 52, already mentioned on this podcast, the demon Dale yeah. Torborg. Oh my god. I didn't I didn't necessarily mind the idea of the gimmick. It was a good attempt at reach. Mm. But yeah. Had a short stint in 
in TNA. Um, had two matches there, and I think yeah. he's still wrestling and still under the gimmick. He has had two matches in Impact in the last two years as the Demon, so I give yeah. him credit for that ridiculousness. Yeah. Number fifty-one, Rodney of the Mean Street Posse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Pretty much fair. It's just like, yeah, it was the Mean Street Posse. It's fine. Classic tag team guy. <laughs> Here we go. The top 50. Number 50, Giant Silva. Now, this is not the man that played Giant Gonzalez, um, but he was also uh, an MMA fighter, uh, former basketball player, obviously, at seven foot three. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just, he was, he was. He was the great Kali's Brazilian brother, basically. <laughs> it's the only way to put it. I love the description. I love it. Number 49, Steve. I believe it was Weiner, but it's spelled Steve Weiner. Steve. Um, <laughs> nicknamed the Turtle, so definitely Steve Weiner. <laughs> oh, my God. He was an independent wrestler in like the Pennsylvania area. The Ninja um, Turtle tag team better show up on this list, too. <laughs> number 48 buff e that's buff dash capital e i don't know who the fuck this is either. this is a guy or a girl i think it's a dude it's a dude based on match history wrestled primarily for jersey all pro wrestling sounds about right during you know uh what is it g jim tan gts or Are you thinking of Jim Tan Laundry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jersey Shore. <laughs> it was before that. Okay. Um, Number, God, what number are we on? Number 47, someone named Jamie D. Um, I, I don't <laughs> it's know Buffy anything. Buffy's tag team partner. <laughs> yeah, Buffy and Jamie D. Um, <laughs> no, nothing about them. <laughs> number 46, Horace Hogan. Oh, uh, I still to this day don't know if he was actually related. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you put it that way, yeah. But at the same time, if he wasn't, no, his his legit last name is Balea. So yes, is um, it? yeah, um, amazing. Because otherwise, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy that you're going to be like we're going to put the Hogan name on this guy brother well coming from a company that put Andre the Giant's son is Paul White <laughs> mm. or Paul yeah. what is Paul Wright not Paul White <laughs> I'm an idiot number 45 Nikki not of the spirit squad a female valet named Nikki so I don't know what the hell she did uh, number 44 Hungry Lion. <laughs> Don't know who that is. Um, Snoop's reggae character's brother. Yeah. Uh, 43, someone named Mace. And I'm not talking about Mace. Um, just an independent wrestler named Mace. Like, oh, Jersey All Pro again. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Shout um, out Jersey had, All Pro. We're going to have to had, watch some of their stuff. It's probably on YouTube. matches in the early days of ring of honor apparently i don't i've watched those shows i don't remember them um 42 uh someone else who's in prison so fuck them um 41 somebody named fire angel all one word 
Uh, number 40, Reese, a.k.a. Ron Reese of WCW fame, was a part of the flock. I was going to say, that's a flock, dude. And also played the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> the f- dude, I, <sighs> I love the flock. Except yeah. I don't remember Reese, like Kidman and Van Hammer, and yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Saturn, Stags. Stags, Saturn, dude, Saturn was so underrated. Keep going though. Yeah, uh, number thirty-nine. Uh, I don't know these next couple. Lady Lori, Dennis, Dennis Chattel, <laughs> Michael <Chateau>? Rip. Um, Hollis, yeah, Michael Rip with two P's, by the way. Uh, uh, Hollis Gracie, who is a member of the Gracie family, uh, had okay. a handful of matches in New Japan in 2014. It's not good. Um, 35, the great Antonio. Most famous for the Bill Burr clip where Antonio Inoki beats the shit out of this man. Oh, it's the, is this it's like the, the big it, hairy dude? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We've referenced this a few times. Uh, I think when yeah. Anoki passed away. Like, this is a legendary match. Quotation mm-hmm. fingers. Mm. Um, if you have not watched it, go and watch it. Because it. Uh, you want to yeah. talk about a guy going into business for himself. It's, uh, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> we can't sum it up any better than the Bill Burt does. Yeah. Uh, number 34, a woman's wrestler named uh, Amy Lee, who was a hardcore uh, wrestler, too. Man. Amazing. Uh, amazing as the front woman of Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where number, she ended up. <laughs> number 33. You can't top that. We're moving on. Number 33, Eva Marie. Hmm. I don't she did have the good gimmick ideas. on SmackDown where it's like, ah, she's not here. <laughs> or like she'd show up and then have like a wardrobe malfunction or like she'd yeah. never met and she'd never actually wrestle. Like that was in like 20 that was in like 2016 after all the Total Diva stuff. And then she randomly came back in 2021 for like seven matches. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Good. What a career. <laughs> Um, 32, I don't know who this is. Someone named uh, Shinichi Suzukawa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who, oh, apparently it was a sumo wrestler who tried professional wrestling. It was trash. Fair enough. Um, number 31, Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. El Gigante. I got a, I got a warm spot in my heart for this guy just because he, like, when I first really got into wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, about five years in, he hit the scene and you know, covered up his special parts with pubic hair. Tufts of hair. <laughs> how, how are you gonna hide how are you gonna hide his manhood? Let's put more hair on it. <laughs> oh god. He was a grower. <laughs> Number thirty. Um Jake the Snake Roberts, piece of shit father, Grizzly Smith. I thought you were about to say Jake the Snake Roberts on oh, this no, list, no, no. and I was going to. We've also referenced Beyond the Mat. Yeah. Uh, watch that. We don't need to describe anything yeah. that goes on because it it is apt in doing so. 
Number 29, somebody named Steve Venom. What an indie-rific name that is. <laughs> um, 28, a wrestler from Japan named Chikara. I don't know who the hell that is either. Number 27, also of NXT fame, Eli Cottonwood. <laughs> and his mustache. He came up in the last podcast, didn't he? He did. He's, he's the thread the that brings the show together. Yes, he's... <laughs> We can't go forward without an Eli Cottonwood reference going forward. Number 26, uh, Raja Lion, who was not the great Kali. I vaguely remember extended. this. <laughs> Number I, 25. I vaguely remember when, like, this is WWE in a nutshell where they try and bring in, like, a. Uh, I don't even think Raja Lion was. Ra- oh, so Raja Lion had one match. In 1987, losing to okay, Giant Baba. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, who? <laughs> the uh, Giant, Giant Baba, Baba, who is... Um, yeah. Shoei Baba, who was the, the founder of all Japan. So, you're going to piss off some people by not knowing that. But that's okay. We've, I, we've covered your, your lack of Japanese history. To the other podcasts. I'm good. Number 25. Stumpy. 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 Is this a, is this a, I'm going to try and be politically correct here. Is this a, a little person wrestler? I hope not. <laughs> they don't have a listed height or weight. So stumpy. Okay. Number 24. Not China. But Asia. Scott Steiner's valet in yeah. WCW named Asia. <laughs> By the way, did you see MJF drop Steiner math? Oh, it was glorious wasn't it it was amazing number 23 dorian mock mac mock i don't know who the fuck that is number 22 somebody oh it's sarah the undertaker's wife sarah okay <laughs> that's one match where she beat ddp in six seconds Yes. I, I hate the WWE sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. Do you remember the tattoo? I do. <laughs> what a terrible. There's, uh, you know, name, num- name a worse tattoo in the WWE. Name a worse tattoo. I want to hear people's suggestions for the worst tattoo in wrestling. Oh, oh you know, the, the answer was Ron and Don Harris, who have SS tattoos. Um, so, yeah. Fair. There you go. Fair. Number 21. Chris DeJoseph, better no. known in the WWE as a writer, but even better known as Big Dick Johnson. As soon as you said writer, I saw a neon green thong. <laughs> <laughs> Num- we'll leave it at that. It's perfect. Yeah, thanks. Number 20, Jeep Swenson. No. No idea. Perhaps more famous as the role of Bane in Batman yes. Forever. Or Batman and Robin, not Batman and Forever. Yes. Um, yes. Should be higher on the list just because he is legendary in a terrible movie. He was an independent wrestler on and off. Didn't we? And had one match in WCW, the Doomsday Cage, where Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage started on the upper tier and had to work their way down the tiers. 
terrible match from Uncensored 96. But when they initially introduced him, it was as the final solution. It's the you final know? solution. Speaking of the Harris brothers and their tattoos, um, and they had to rename him the ultimate solution because, you know, Hitler. Ooh. Number 19. (laughs) He's moving on. He won't even let me get in. Go ahead. (laughs) Number 19. This feels unfair. Um, He's a play-by-play commentator by the name of Kevin Gill. Um, He's the play-by-play guy for GCW. So clearly just a lot of people hate him for that reason. Um, Compared to some other people that we're about to get to. Uh, Number 18 is someone named Angel O. Demonio. Um... (laughs) A Mexican wrestler who I guess for his bungle by any chance. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a damn thing about this guy, but apparently he sucked. Uh, Number seven. Wait, wait, wait! wait. I just want to make one, one because I don't have the list in front of me. Uh I just hope, I pray to the wrestling gods, JBL, and whoever else. He used to call himself a wrestling god, Toogie. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just hope we know who number one is. Like, if we go through this list and number one is, like, Steve from the mailroom. We know who number one is. Okay, okay, continue. Number 17 is a uh, woman named Bobcat, who was better known as the Godfather's hoe, (laughs) who won the hardcore title on May 15th, 2000. (laughs) Oh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. I don't know what part, the Godfather, the the hardcore <laughs> title, or this list. And shout out to her two signature moves, oh, Seduction yeah. and the Camel Toe Clutch. <sighs> the 90s kids, the 90s, they were something. The highest ratings wrestling ever got was from the darkest timeline. <laughs> Number 16. Nicole Bass. Yeah. 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 Um, Shout out uh, Howard Stern. Shout him out. Also, she passed away. WWF, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Number 15. Um, I don't even want to say the guy's name because he's a fucking pedophile. Um, (laughs) So he belongs on this list, let me tell you. Um, Number 14 is somebody named Kurt lauderdale um i don't know who this is but um oh apparently he's he murdered somebody so <laughs> there I you go should not laugh i should not laugh at murder but <laughs> well at, well so see at first it was like someone left feedback of he's a disgrace to the canadian wrestling scene and then the other comments below it oh um <laughs> the second comment even putting aside the murder he committed <laughs> There's not one good match by this man. So, um, I know we're almost there. I know we're almost at the finish line, but I ever tell you my favorite, like one of my favorite Norm Macdonald things on On, on the day, by the way, we lost him two years ago today that we're recording this. So when he did his riding in cars with comedians with Jerry Seinfeld, and he was talking about how Patton Oswalt and him were talking about Bill Cosby and Patton Oswalt said, you know what the worst thing about it was the hypocrisy. (laughs) <laughs> Norm goes. Yeah, I, uh, I beg to differ. I, I think it was the uh, the murder. <laughs> no, 
not the murder, the, the rape. rape. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this guy was. It wasn't the fact that he killed somebody; it was that he was a horrible wrestler as well. Speaking of which, number thirteen on the list is yeah. also in that category: someone who was convicted of sex trafficking charges. Um, number twelve: a dude named Ogre. Never heard of him. Mantor, better show up. I number eleven: Brockus. Yes. Yes, I do remember Brockus. A German wrestler that the WWF tried to make a thing throughout 96 and 98. Yeah. Uh, it, it did not happen. Just didn't. Lud- Ludwig Borga tried, didn't work. Who was the guy that ended up dancing with um, Santino? Uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, like they always tried like this evil German guy and finally got it right with Gunther. There you go. Longest reigning IC champion of all time. We were going to talk about the IC title a little bit. We'll get to that at a different time. Maybe when he loses it. Um, we get to the top 10. Uh, we start off with somebody named 4x4. Four four, <laughs> who uh, had like a couple it. matches in WCW. Jesus Christ. Number 9. Somebody named Eddie Steinblock. I, I don't know who that is. Either um, Germany, apparently. Uh, yeah, he was a German Stein, promoter. Um, keeping in mind the cage match is a German site, technically. Ooh. So, I mean, you might see some of that. Uh, number eight, Katie Forbes. Um, the top response gets a one for her twerking skills. Otherwise, she's complete dog shit at everything. Oh, she was Rob Van Dam's valet. Okay, like so you remember when RBD minutes. went back to Impact and it was just like, oh, he got divorced and now he has this these two people yes. that look like porn stars next to him. She yes. was one of them. Okay, Didn't he marry one of them? Mr. Van Dam, I hope it's not this one based on the insults I just read off. Um, <laughs> you know, every time we I, reference, I don't... every time we reference Rob Van Dam, we should always say hi, Rob Van Dam. It's a play on words. Article from Wrestling Inc. Rob Van Dam explains how he and his wife impacts Katie Forbes Let's got go. together. Let's go. I knew something about impact that Toogie did not. <laughs> uh, number seven, Rob Black, who was the uh, pornographer that founded uh, Extreme Pro Wrestling that tried to feud with ECW back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think As he's had a prison stint or two. As one um, would. Speaking of prison stints, number six, Invader number one, who um, killed Bruiser Brody. <laughs> He's number six. I thought this was all about like wrestling skills, not like oh m- murder. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but Rob Van Dam's wife, 0.01% better <laughs> in the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah, but who's okay? But who's worse? Number five, somebody named Amy. Who did she kill? Uh, oh, who was a part of the? Oh, <laughs> did she kill? <laughs> uh, she was a part of the 2006 Diva search. Okay, uh, and was a part of JBL's cabinet, if I'm not mistaken, for a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Oh, Ed God. Ferrara. 
who was a writer for WWE yeah. and WCW uh, and did the Oklahoma JR parody on WCW uh, television. Isn't this the guy who gets like all the screen time about like when they talk about the 90s? Like the. It's the him and Russo pairing. that were a pairing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or. Yeah. Number three, Jenna Maraska. A winner of the reality TV show Survivor, who had one match in TNA at Victory Road 2009 against Booker T's wife, Charmel. Six of the worst minutes you'll ever see in wrestling history. <laughs> Did Johnny Fairplay have anything to do with this? Shockingly not. Wow. Okay. It might have improved that match. Number two. One Warrior Nation. Who is solely known as an Ultimate Warrior ripoff. Uh, really? With that name? Not Renegade? <laughs> of course one warrior nation is a ripoff of warrior it was the nwo and backwards <laughs> <laughs> just in case anybody didn't catch that back in like the late 90s early 2000s the one warrior nation was nwo backwards continue and according to the cage match mantar the people mantar, of or harvey the worst performer and performers better because we've had bookers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst person attached to wrestling. Keep in mind, Nia Jax was at like a what? 0. 0.5, uh, 254. God, this person's rating is a 0. 0.14. Oh, God. Bubba the Love Sponge. Hmm. Disappointing. And we know who he is. But yeah. Disappointing that it's him. <laughs> The man who had a uh, yeah. string of matches in WCW. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the other thing that he was known for. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Chronologically here, Crash. Yeah, okay, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Had uh, a string of matches in WCW. Um, a dark match in 97 against someone named the Texas Hangman number one. Um, there there so, were others? Apparently. Uh, in 98, he teamed with Jim Duggan against the Texas Hangman <laughs> at an event called WCW Malice at the Palace six years before Ron Artest went into the stands in Detroit. And that was the catalyst. <laughs> and in 1999, he had his final WCW match at a house show losing to Jimmy Hart. Was he all house shows? He then had a street fight in 1999 against Bill Alfonso in ECW. Okay. Yeah. Wrestled Gerald Briscoe to a no contest on an episode of WWF Jacked. Why? Beat Bill Alfonso again. <laughs> Went to TNA in 2010 where he got slapped the fuck up by Awesome Kong for being a scumbag. Yeah. And then Hulk Hogan fucked his wife <laughs> on but even, film. But I. Why? The stupid thing is, is I was going to ask you if, if we were put in that situation, Toogie, would, would you release would I the fuck tape? Bubba the Love Sponge wife. <laughs> would you no. release the tape? <laughs> 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 
they released the tape. <laughs> oh God! You know what? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this around. You ready? I know I know we're we're getting to our hour here. I'm gonna spin this around a little bit here too. Good on him. Good on him because you know what came of that tape? Edward Hogan. Hmm. That's where we really found out. We we had hints that Hogan was, you know, a subpar human being. We had definitive proof. Mm. Definitive, definitive, definitive proof. So good. I'm I'm, I'm going to. He does not deserve the number one spot on this list. He no. he didn't murder anybody. If anything, he he opened our eyes. <laughs> So leave your feedback on the Hulk Hogan sex tape. What did you think? <laughs> Form? Would you um, leak, physiques? Would you leak the tape if you were put in that situation? I'm just saying. How do we end this show? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try and find a quote that encapsulates <laughs> everything that just happened. <laughs> Hold on. Just, the and the words? You, what? In the words, you're gonna, you've got this one. In the words, <laughs> you can find Tugi24 at Tugi24 everywhere. Don't, don't look for me after this one. I'm, I'm yeah. Ah, uh, in the words, go ahead, Tugs. In the words of Hulk Hogan, <laughs> mid sex tape. I'm just a dumb country bumpkin. My career's over, and this is what I have to look forward to. Good night, everybody.